It's time for the Newsmax Daily from Newsmax, America's fastest growing cable news channel. Now, now, here's your host, Rob Carson. A lot of stuff to get to, but I'm going to open with something. I'm going to share my journey for the last uh, two years since COVID came around. When COVID came around, I was working, uh, I'd started doing my TV show on Newsmax called Rob Carson's What in the World. And uh, COVID came around, I was working at a car dealership to pay the bills. And the car dealership that I worked at said, hey, there's this new virus, here's what we're going to do. For foreseeable future, we're going to pay you the last two months of your commission, even if you don't sell any cars. So... For six months, I went to work every single day, and I shook hands, and I didn't wear a mask, and I met hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people and never got sick. One person got sick at my dealership. Now, this is on the Kansas side of Kansas City. Then after that, I went to work for another about a year, well, less than a year, uh, wearing a mask every day, but still, you know, no shields, nothing like that, nothing weird. Had to work in person. About 10 months ago, I started working at home because I could do my podcast, The Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson, full-time, and then I landed the radio show. So I had met hundreds and maybe even thousands of people without ever contracting COVID. You have noticed the last month or so that I have been sick. It started off with uh, uh, essentially laryngitis. It kind of moved up and down the upper respiratory, into the nose, into the and it cleared up about a week ago when I was feeling really good. I tested positive for COVID yesterday. And you know what it took for me to get COVID? It took me going to a very Democrat state in the most vaccinated, in the most vaccine mandated and mask mandated city in America, New York City, to catch COVID. There you go. There you go. Now, I enjoyed my time in New York City. And I had assumed that I was safe. Because of all the mandates, and all the vaccinations, and all the lockdowns, and the shutdowns, and the business shutdowns, and all this, it should be the safest place in the world. And I come back from New York, and I'm feeling crappy, and I, out of an abundance of... Uh, safety, decide to get tested for the third time for COVID because I've been sick for about a month and a half. And this time was a charm. Now, for those of you who want to know uh, what the symptoms are, well, you're hearing them. <laughs> hear that, hear that, hear that. So um, right now, my symptoms are, I had a little bit of fever the night before last. That's the thing that I, I kind of hit me. I was like, a little, I feel a little bit chilled. I did the uh, exo thermometers like 99.7. It wasn't that high. Then it went away. And I was coughing. I had a dry cough, a lot of dry coughing. Then uh, yesterday, dry coughing, dry coughing, go into my doctor, get the COVID test, uh, sleep overnight tonight, no fever, very little coughing, a little bit sore throat, kind of feels like if you were, uh, if you were, um, you had a pencil in your mouth and you just kind of went right to the back of your throat, just that one spot. It's like one little dot that hurts. Okay. Little bit in the upper respiratory. This is what I would consider to be a mild, mild cold. It's more about dry cough and the voice thing and the congestion thing. Also, you know, you can't taste as much. I, 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 I had some tomato soup again this morning. Put uh, my, my uh, Chipotle Tabasco in it. And it didn't do much. 
Didn't do much. Other than that, I don't feel weak. I don't feel tired. I feel great. I actually have gotten improved over the last couple of days pretty dramatically. And I go to my doctor and I, I ask him, I said, here's what I want. Because I have friends who have gone through this and they uh, do uh, hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin. And then I'm going to do, I mean, scheduled for monoclonal antibodies. But my doctor, who's so freaked out, will not contact CVS and get me ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. So I contacted America's frontline doctors. And I'm going to get the treatment that has worked well for my friends. And if you have some advice, I would love to hear it at 800-922-6680. Because of Anthony Fauci, the evil elf from hell, and because of Democrats, they have put fear in the hearts of doctors and hospitals and pharmacies around the world with regard to prophylaxis that actually works, has saved millions of lives in places like India and Colombia and America. I want my ivermectin, and I want my damned hydroxychloroquine. It has been prescribed 500 million times. My producer, my imaging guy, they both took it when they got COVID, and it fixed them in 24 hours. I've heard it from dozens of people that it works, and I need to get it now. I am not going to wait until tomorrow to go get my monoclonal antibodies. I want a prophylaxis now. And I got to tell you, it's kind of pissing me off. I mean, I'm not, I don't feel really sick. But I want to take a proven prophylaxis. I don't want to wait for this idiotic pill coming from Merck and Pfizer, which, of course, the only reason Merck and Pfizer have a damned pill is because they don't make any money off of ivermectin and they don't make any money off of hydroxychloroquine. So, everybody who said that ivermectin is a horse dewormer. You need to know that the pill from Merck is actually equine encephalitis drug. But you see, the only way to make billions of dollars with Merck is to own that drug and sell it to the government for $700 for a four-day treatment, and it costs them $17.74 to produce. And now we hear, uh, miraculously, Pfizer has a pill. It's 89% effective. They're waiting for FDA approval. It's a gimme. You know why? Because the FDA is bending over and taking it and have been for the last two years by Big Pharma and the Democrat Party. I shudder to think how many people lost their lives because the little toad, Anthony Fauci, CDC Director Walensky, the previous CDC director said that hospitals and local municipalities and governments had a perverse incentive to diagnose and treat COVID. And that perverse incentive was money. My daughter's pissed off. My wife is pissed off. I have explained to you that I have a medical pass for the vaccine. I have been told by numerous people, including people from Johns Hopkins University, my personal physician, a, a, a senator in America who's a, who's a doctor, all said, yeah, you might want to think about the vaccine because you know you had that mitocardial infarction when you were 31 years old. So I would like to treat this now 
with the treatments that have worked for my friends. And I've heard enough, and I've done enough, and I've got a stack, a stack of research over here. And anyone who listens to this show, you know that I prepare for this show. And I like to think that I'm one of the best prepared shows in America when it comes to issues like this. So if you'd like to call and comment, I'm not going to make it all about me today. 800-922-6680, 800-922-6680. That's the number. But after a, a, almost two years of shaking hands and meeting people and uh, my daughter having to wear a mask to school and lockdowns and shutdowns and opens and closes and mask mandates and all of this stuff, it took one thing to get me COVID, and that was to go to a freaking city that was supposedly to be the most safe city in America because of all the vaccine mask mandates, the, the vaccine passports, all of this stuff should be the safest city in America for anyone to go to. And it took the Big Apple to give me the Rona. Let's go to Dennis in Chesapeake, Virginia. Hello, Dennis, and welcome to the Rob Carson Show. Uh, Yes, uh, in relation to uh, getting uh, the medications that uh, I heard you talk about, uh, here's what you and your listeners need to do. You mentioned frontline doctors. I personally know several of the frontline doctors. And if you just go to the search box on your... uh, computer and put in F-L-C-C-C, that stands for Frontline COVID Critical Care, okay, F-L-C-C-C, the Frontline Doctor uh, uh, site will come up, and on on the top line you'll see it says about and then it says protocols and it says ivermectin. If If you put your thing on that, it will bring down a pull-down, and it says how to get ivermectin. And on there, there's a whole list of okay. physicians out there and organizations all over the country that are signed up to provide what you want. All right, very good. Hey, listen, uh, Dennis, hold on a second. I'm going to get your phone number, will you? Uh, give it to my producer. Uh, I want to talk to you maybe after the show, okay? Yes, sir. Please do. I know I have my Ph.D. in this subject. Okay. All right. All right, brother. Well, hold on, and then um, um, I'll ask the producer to go ahead and get your phone number and uh, and uh, just uh, send it to the chat. Uh, let's go to Rich in Baltimore. Hello there, uh, Rich. Welcome to the Rob Carson hey. Show. What are your thoughts, man? Hey, um, I'm a heart patient, four heart attacks, eight Ugh. stents, five TIAs, two stents in the carotids. I would wow. not take a booster if they held a gun to my head. Yep, yep, yep. And um, I have found all types of things on the internet of what's in there i've seen blood samples of what the vaccine does to your blood basically it makes it clot when um i mean it's unbelievable and i'm a medical guy i've got a medical equipment company 30 years i had my first heart attack at 45 i'm now 76 i'm a thriving survivor and that's not an accident because I know what the hell I'm doing by the well, Rich, of God. Rich, when yeah. I was 31, when you at 31 years old uh, get strep throat and throw a blood clot um, or, or a spasm, whatever, I had a mitocardial partial. When you go from bench pressing 400 pounds one day to being told you can't push too hard in the bathroom, and at 31 right. years old, when you have to carry nitroglycerin in your pocket for a year, it tends to kind of freak you out a little bit, right, Rich? You bet. You bet. I understand the whole routine. All right, bro. And, um, you sound and, like you got to buy on a cart, bro. You sound like you got to yeah. buy on a cart. Yeah, well, yeah, I did. You know, it's like I scare the hell out of the doctors because I read and I can speak their language. 
yeah, yeah. stuff like that. You give me some contact. You know, you got my phone. You got my phone number there. Uh, I'll get it from my producer. I have a feeling yeah, I'll be getting some yeah, phone yeah. numbers today. <laughs> send me a text. All right, bro. I will send you a couple of videos and stuff that may right. benefit you. There's right, glutathione. Right. You need to be on it right away. It is which, which one? What? I'm going. I'm doing the monoclonal antibodies. I'm going to do the the monoclonal antibodies. I'm do that to put the fire out. But yeah. Build your immune system after that with glutathione. Glutathione. Okay. All right. Thanks, yeah. bro. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. Take care, brother. God yeah, bless. too, man. You do. You too. Yeah, you know, I'm just. And you know what? Also, really pisses me off is all you holier than thou leftists who literally want people to die because they didn't get the vaccine. Who's this douchebag? I'm going to find this D-bag, whatever. Uh, let's see here. Who, who, who is it who wants, uh, he wants to triage people? Uh, writer for the Atlantic wants to triage people in emergency rooms. So if you haven't had the vaccine, you are, you will, are last to be taken care of. Uh, this on top of countless, yeah, David Frum, who uh, honestly, just somebody, oh, he says, uh, you want to fulminate against dumbass malign- malignity of anti-vaxxers and their media and political enablers? Go ahead. I do it myself almost every day right here in this place. But the malignant minority is not yielding to reason anytime soon. And even such seemingly basic mandates as no jab, no fly seem beyond the, reinfor- the enforcement capability of the U.S. government. Uh, so what now? He says, let hospitals quietly triage emergency care to serve the unvaccinated first. If calling on healthcare professionals to conspire against the unvaccinated isn't evil, I'm not sure what would be. Western Journal Editor-in-Chief George Upper said, this is immorality dressed up as arrogant pompacity. This is such a bad take, ignoring the first three points. Let me jump to the last, advocating for a tiered discriminatory system of treating sick humans as sick in and of itself. Disgusting. This leads to bad ends and bad outcomes, not to mention it is pure evil. Where does it end? COVID has really brought our people's true colors, little authoritarians everywhere. And the little authoritarians in New York City, Bill de Blasio, couldn't do D-word for Richard to keep me from going to New York and catching the Rona. I don't know anybody in, in my group of friends in the Midwest who have it, who had it. And we didn't go through the shutdowns. I had to go to a freaking Democrat state to catch it. And one day, one vaccine will do it. And then another day, uh, two shots will do it. Then now you need a booster. And now Rochelle Walensky says that it's never going to get better, that you better get used to it. It's going to be around forever. Well, you know what I say? Bull crap. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take my meds. I'm going to get better. And I'm going to develop natural immunity. And then I'm going to rub it in the face of those who would attack people who have legitimate reasons for not taking the vaccine. And one of those reasons is you don't have to be forced by the government to take a vaccine. It's unconstitutional. Let's go to Stephen Aberdeen, Maryland. He had COVID and uh, took ivermectin. Hello, Stephen. Welcome to the Rob Carson Show. Hey, Rob. Hey, enjoying the show, man. Thank you, bro. Um, so, about four or five months ago, we called frontline doctors, and yeah. 
got prescriptions for ivermectin. Yeah. Got it filled. Uh, actually, we went to CVS and got it filled there. Uh, yeah. They were doing it then. I never took it until I actually got the uh, the Wuhan. The Wuhan. And um, uh, I was I was in upstate New York. I drove home 350 miles, feeling kind of sick. Yeah. And uh, started taking it right then, dude. Skated right through this thing. Wow. I had very minimal symptoms. I had all the symptoms. But what I was going to say was, my recommendation to people is call frontline doctors, or I found another one too. It's um, Doc Scott, D O C S C O T T M D dot com. Okay. I just she's a retired physician who um, who is also right in ivermectin. All right. And um, uh, I would uh, call one of them. Have that stuff ready. It's a it's a small expense, and then when you do get COVID, get it over with and get natural immunity. Absolutely. That's the way I feel about it. That's the way I feel about it, you know, and I, I guess, you know, like I said, I'm just, I'm kind of mad that it took the two years and a visit to New York for me to get it. And I'm, I'm kind of pissed off because, you know, uh, the, the mayor of New York, the governor of New York, the awful people in New York that have just ruined the lives of people. It turns out to be a hotbed for COVID while Florida with no restrictions at all and no mandates is perfectly fine. It is. Yeah. It's just the ultimate slap in the face from the left. That's wrong about everything. I think your. I think your phone has COVID. Just saying. Maybe your phone has a little COVID. Okay. Let's talk about. Uh, to, oh, this is Joe Biden last night. Yeah, he was at a Christmas party. What a. What a great Christmas party to go and have an old man who's honestly. You. You should see his eyes last night. It's like he didn't have any. It was all pupil. Just staring, uh, and he was fumbling and bumbling through the entire thing, like a boss who'd been drinking all night and then decides to raise a toast at the Christmas party. Here he is talking about voting. Now, realize, of course, the Democrat Party are champions of voter fraud, and I do believe they stole the 2020 election. And you know why? Because I'm not stupid. But here's Joe Biden to the Christmas party last night, slurring and uh, and just becoming, you know, honestly, wow. Right to vote. The right to vote. Today, the right to vote. The for the dead and the right for people to vote more than once. If you're a Democrat. Lending assault from Republican governors, attorneys general, secretaries of state, state legislators. They're following my predecessor deep into the abyss. The struggle is... Oh, no, I think you're taking the country into the abyss. No longer just who gets to vote or making it easy for eligible people to vote. It's about who gets to count the vote. And whether your vote counts at all. Okay, that is a paraphrase of Joseph Stalin. That is the second time in the last six months that he has paraphrased Joseph Stalin. It's not the votes that count. It's who counts the votes. It's a sinister combination of votes. Yes, you are. Suppression and elective subversion. It's un- what? And what? The sub- what? What? Suppression and elective subversion. And elective subversion. We've got to stop the elections because of virgin. It's un-American, it's undemocratic, it's unpatriotic, and sadly, it is not unprecedented now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, go. Here he is making another, making up a word, actually, and, uh, and uh, barely able to speak. I hope you remember what got us to the White House in the first place. Voter fraud. Lots and lots of voter fraud. Five battleground states stopping the vote count in the middle of the night, and the next morning, millions of votes pouring in almost exclusively for Joe Biden. In 2020, we won as a unified Democratic Party, more unified than ever. We are unified to destroy the country. That's what brought us together. Now we look at 2022. 
I want to tell my Republican friends, get ready, Val. You're going to enter a problem. Okay, there you go. Get ready, Val. You're going to enter the problem. Get ready, Val. You're going to enter a problem. Get ready, Val. You're going to enter a problem. Get ready, Val. You're going to enter a problem. I'm, I'm seeing this as the official cam- campaign slogan of Joe Biden in 2024. Well, no, because he probably won't be alive. Get ready, Val. You're going to enter a problem. Yeah, get ready, Val. You're going to enter a problem. God, what a powerful leader. I hope the food was good at this party because, dear God, otherwise I would have left like at 6, like right after it opened. As you can hear the chants from the crowd, let's go, Brandon. Oh, here is Joe Biden talking about how the Democrat Party is going to win in 2022. As Democrats, we know what we're for. Or Republicans don't seem to be for anything. Name me some, oh, no. oh, something they are for. Well, where, where do I start? Uh, lower taxes, less regulation, uh, strong foreign policy, strong uh, defense. Um, let's see here. Um, we're not we're not pro-abortion. We're not big on the abortion thing. Uh, what else? Uh, individual freedom. How about energy independence? All the things. See, you guys are for really high taxes, really big government regulation. The destruction of the country is founded. Destruction of the fossil fuel industry, driving up the price of uh, of fuel, driving up the price of everything. Gigantic government spending that will bankrupt the country. What a great platform! That's super. They're against everything. I just mentioned that we've reduced the... Get ready, Val, because you're going to be here. American family. We have to keep making the case. And if we do... Who's Val? Is there, who is Val? Who is he talking to? I believe we're going to win. Let me say this again for the president. We're going to win in 2022. <laughs> that is fantastic. That is, that is just fantastic. Sure, yeah, they're going to win in 2022. That is just... Uh, Wow, just wow. Um, not even going to happen, considering that 60, I think it was it was between 65 and 71% of all Americans think the country's going the wrong direction. Oh, here's Joe Biden uh, lying to Ohioans, by the way. He was on yesterday in the uh, Dayton area doing a, uh, an interview on a local TV station, WHIO. Uh, reporter John Bedell asked Biden about the Build Back Better, Build Back Better, which is going to it's cost $5 trillion, uh, drive up inflation like it already has. But, of course, the president continues to lie. What do you say to people in the Dayton area, Mr. President, who have expressed concerns about whether trillions more in federal spending will will help when you have inflation at a near 40 year high? Uh, the way I say to them, this is not going to cost a single solitary penny. We're not going to increase the deficit by one cent in the Build Back Better plan at all. Okay, well, the CBO and everybody else is saying, uh, you're going to do that. You're going to do that. That's just the way it is. Tonight, Americans crushed under the highest inflation levels in nearly four decades. The price of almost everything is going up, and it's going up very quickly. Consumer prices last month surging nearly 7% compared to one year ago, the fastest pace since 1982. But there's nothing to see here. And the reason why, the reason why, for instance, you can't, uh, you can't afford meat anymore. I'm sure most of you, you who are middle income breadwinners, you're there now. But you see, Jen Sake and the Democrats in Washington, D.C., and Nancy Pelosi, whose net worth has gone from 180 20 million to 300 million dollars since 2018 and she's never built anything or created anything and uh joe biden who's got three houses worth in excess of 10 million dollars altogether and all of the other tools in congress they are so far separated from where you and i are it's not even funny but jen saki's ready to throw everybody under the damn bus and i'm going to tell you i come from the midwest 
And I, my first time working in fields was 11 years old. And I know the people who work in the meatpacking industry. And I know the people who, you know, it takes to, uh, to raise cattle. And you've got to, you've got to raise cattle for a little over a year and you got to, you got to grass feed it, then you got to grain feed it, and then all that stuff. And I know these people and they bust their butts and they don't make a whole lot of money. But Jen Saki is willing to throw big meat, the big meat industry under the bus, even though the big meat industry didn't have to charge this much for meat until this jerk became the president of the United States. Here's Jen Saki blaming everybody but the terrible administration the worst since jimmy carter in fact i think he will make jimmy carter look like a piker go ahead there are several progressive groups and lawmakers who are um, increasingly vocalizing the idea that inflation, high inflation, is being driven by corporate greed, uh, including uh, companies with high profits, some of whom have met at the White House with the president uh, in recent months. Um, does the president endorse that idea? Does he think that corporate greed is the big driver of inflation right now? You know where the biggest uh, profit margins are right now? Government contractors for vaccines. Those are the most extreme profits that corporate America has seen in years. Well, I think that the president thinks the way people across the country, American families, uh, digest inflation is by price increases. And if you look at industry to industry, it's a little different. She must have learned this in college. So, for example, the president, the secretary of agriculture have both spoken to what we've seen as the greed of meat conglomerates. That is an area <laughs> where people go to the grocery store and they're trying to buy a pound of meat, two pounds of meat, ten pounds of meat. Um, it is the prices are high. She doesn't do her own shopping here. That is in his view uh, and the view of our secretary of agriculture because of you could call it corporate greed. Sure. You could call it uh, jacking up prices. What about Pfizer? What about Merck? What about their new pill? That was treated, uh, used to treat uh, equine encephalitis. Going to be used as a prophylaxis against COVID, and uh, it cost them seventeen dollars and seventy-four cents per dose. And the government's going to pay them seven hundred dollars a dose, and they're going to make a billion five before the end of the year. Uh, uh, it, during a pandemic, uh, there are other areas where we've seen increases uh, as, because of supply chain issues, and we're seeing those increases around the world as it relates to gas prices, uh, oil supply, and things along those lines. So I would say there's some areas uh, where we have seen uh, corporations uh, benefit, profit from the pandemic, uh, and uh, and certainly the president would agree with that component. I, I don't know the full context of all of their remarks. Yeah, you don't know much of anything, to be quite honest. Here's Senator Ron Johnson talking last night to my friend Eric Bowling on uh, on Newsmax about uh, basically how, and, and Joe Biden thinks the Democrats are going to win the 2022, uh, how they are screwing up everything. Let's face it, under Democrat governance, this country's out of control, whether it's out of control illegal immigration, out of control uh, spending, deficit spending, out of control debt. Sounds like, uh, sounds like a winner in 2022. Control inflation, um, out of control crime. I mean, well, let's face it, when you tell people that we're not going to arrest you uh, only if you steal more than $950, uh, you turn a crime into a non-crime, I guess, and you get a lot more of it. So it's out of control. Uh, and inflation is the one thing that people see every day. They go fill up their car, and, and what used to cost them 30 What a winning formula. Five bucks is now costing him 70 uh, It is shocking. You know, grocery prices. And they don't care. Are skyrocketing. Uh, th- and because it will eventually require the government to step in and help you out. <laughs> Joining us on the Newsmax hotline is George Papadopoulos. Hello, my friend. Uh, a Merry Christmas to you, by the way. 
Hey, Rob, thanks a lot for having me, and uh, Merry Christmas to you, too. Hey, I want to ask you, first and foremost, Hillary Clinton uh, uh, did an interview over the weekend, said that <laughs> if Donald Trump were uh, elected again, the country would be unrecognizable. I have a, f- a feeling, just looking at the country now versus, I don't know, a year ago, it's gotten pretty unrecognizable. Why is she doing all these interviews? <laughs> well, uh, she just seems to be like uh, that wart that you just can't get off, you know, no matter how many times <laughs> you, you end up going to, to, to the doctor. You know, the, the icy hot set off, and that's exactly what Hillary is. You know, she's she's a two-time presidential candidate and the master projection. I mean, it was uh, she talks about Trump undermining the rule of law and our institutions, but uh, it was actually her who did not only that, but probably ran the most corrupt uh, campaign in history. And now we're actually seeing the consequences of that corrupt uh, campaign with uh, John Durham indicting her uh, top campaign lawyer. So uh, I think the timing is really interesting that she decided to go out public with these uh, really bizarre uh, uh, statements regarding uh, her potentially running in 2024 and why she felt she lost and all this nonsense. So timing is interesting. Now, George, you've written a book called Deep State Target, How I Got Caught in the crosshairs of the plot to bring down president trump you you know what it's like to be a target um and i've gotten to know some people since i started at newsmax rick gates got to know him very well in new york um you know when when the government decides to go after you i can't imagine how that feels um it happened to you uh hillary clinton has managed to to get off scot-free but people like you became targets um a what was that like and b do you support suppose this will all turn around after 2022 and maybe we'll begin to drain the swamp of people who would do this to people like you. Yeah, you know, Rob, so uh, a lot of people don't don't realize, but I was actually on uh, Ben Carson's campaign uh, before I joined Trump's campaign. So I, I was actually on, on two rival uh, campaigns going against uh, Clinton in uh, 2016. And, uh, you know, just right away, as soon as I was on these campaigns, you just started realizing that there was a lot of eyes on any candidate who had a potential chance of uh, leading in the polls at one point, like Carson actually was leading in the polls against Trump. He was actually the only candidate uh, who had a short uh, uh, lead over Trump uh, in 2016. And, and then, of course, with uh, Trump, you realize that there were just uh, there was an entire system, an entire architecture that was designed uh, to basically stack the deck against anybody who was running against Clinton. And it wasn't just uh, people like Bernie Sanders uh, on the Democrat side who completely uh, collapsed and just gave in. But uh, we, we realized that what was going on based on all this new information that's been just being declassified over the last year and something that President Trump did uh, in the waning days of his administration is that releasing these documents to the American public so that they could actually see what was going on. And just recently, over the last month and a half or so, we've had these two major indictments by uh, John Durham, the new special counsel, uh, regarding two key individuals. The first one was, of course, the top uh, lawyer for the Hillary Clinton campaign, yep. who was out there basically spreading this mis- misinformation and lies to the FBI so that the FBI could ramp up uh, their spying against the, ca- uh, the Trump campaign. And then you had this other guy who the Hillary Clinton campaign was paying, uh, named uh, Christopher Steele, to 
do the exact same thing, and they indicted his key source. So uh, we, I think we are finally seeing uh, exactly what kind of rot and corruption was going on back in 2016. Obviously, Hillary Clinton was at the head of this campaign, and uh, people on her side are finally being indicted. So I'm very happy to see uh, this happening. I think the majority of Americans want justice, and I think uh, that's coming very soon. Talking to uh, George Papadopoulos, the former Trump uh, foreign policy advisor. Um, your thoughts on January the 6th and the uh, political prison uh, in Washington, D.C., housing January 6th protesters, not insurgents, not insurrectionists, even the FBI says it. What are your thoughts on it? Well, let's look at some of the facts here, right? The FBI uh, months ago, not not even recently, this months ago, um, came out publicly with a statement that stated that there was no uh, conspiracy, there was no well-orchestrated conspiracy or organized attempt uh, to basically uh, storm the Capitol, if you will, or whatever uh, the narrative that the Democrats have been trying to push on uh, the American uh, people for so long, especially now with these new uh, committees that are ran up and uh, they've just held uh, Steve Bannon, of course, in uh, contempt. They indicted him and they're looking to do the same thing to Mark Meadows. I know that even my name uh, has come up on uh, one of these lists uh, among uh, probably another 30 witnesses that they're looking to either intimidate, subpoena, try and get some sort of uh, testimony out of. I think it's a form of intimidation and it's uh, clearly a desperate strategy by a desperate administration with uh, historic disapproval ratings. Uh, this is an attempt to basically um, deflect from the uh, overwhelming disasters that the Biden administration has caused, both domestically and abroad. Uh, you have the border disaster, you have inflation, Afghanistan, and now even a potential conflict with Russia and China. So, of course, uh, what are the Democrats going to possibly uh, use or leverage? And that is to try and instill fear and divide the country ever more so and try and highlight people like this uh, shaman guy who was wearing uh, the bullhorns or whatever he was doing uh, as, like, uh, exhibit of what the Trump uh, Republican Party is all about. These are dangerous people. Look what they were doing. And it's just really a, a very desperate uh, situation. I think the American people are seeing right through it, though, oh, because yeah. we're seeing uh, historic uh, disapproval ratings by not only Biden, but also Kamala Harris. And the Republicans now have the biggest uh, momentum going into the last uh, 40 years in terms of uh, you know support among uh, independents, uh, the American people as a whole. So it's completely backfired them. Uh, the American people uh, are seeing through the charade, and I think it's going to bode well for uh, the Republican Party moving forward. If and when, I'll just say when Donald Trump runs for the presidency in 2024 and wins, uh, would you consider joining his team again? Would you consider putting yourself through that again? You know, I, uh, I've been asked uh, a question like this uh, sometimes, and I wouldn't change a thing about uh, 2016. I think uh, working on uh, Donald Trump's campaign in 2016 and uh, throughout, uh, even his transition was uh, one of the greatest honors of my entire life. I saw that he was the most consequential president in my entire life, and I think millions of Americans uh, would uh, agree with that statement, and uh, including the over 75 million who just voted for him this past election. So uh, what I think uh, the Republicans and the right candidates uh, take over Congress uh, in the midterms, and I think he announces his candidacy and, and eventually becomes a nominee. Uh, that's certainly something that I would uh, be honored to get involved with once again, because I think he's the right man for the right moment, especially uh, after uh, potentially four years of uh, Biden, should he even get to that point. 
Our George Papadopoulos, thank you so much for joining us. Make sure to check out George Papa 19 on Twitter. Uh, sir, have a glorious uh, Christmas and holiday season, and a happy New Year as well, okay? You too, Rob. It's great talking to you, and uh, have a gl- uh, great New Year's as well. All right, take care. It's going to do it for the show today, guys. I greatly appreciate you. It's growing by leaps and bounds. Thank you for joining me in the meantime, and please share with others. Just go to uh, NewsmaxTV.com slash podcast if you want all the digital platforms where it's available. And, of course, we're on Apple Podcasts. You can go there or just the Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson. Write a five-star review. That would be awesome. Uh, God bless you guys. God bless our soldiers, both living and past Gold Star families, police and all first responders, and you, and you. Thank you very much. And until tomorrow, don't catch the stupid. Thanks for listening to the Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson. Check your cable guide or NewsmaxTV.com. Or watch free on YouTube, Roku, Apple, Pluto, Zumo, Amazon Fire, and your smart TV. Newsmax, America's fastest growing cable news channel. Check NewsmaxTV.com for details.